Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Able to cast out devils in a single prayer. Able to pray revival to a land. Able to snatch loved ones from the doorsteps of hell. Look, down on their knees. It's a woman. It's a man. It's the church. It's an intercessor. Oh, man. Yes, you. If you're born again and you have more power than you ever dreamed of because of God's power and might in you. And His Spirit making intercession in you. Listen to today's Bible study, child of God, and prepare to be transformed. Amen. It's the truth. Are you ready to be transformed? Welcome to Pathfinder Radio and Spiritually Speaking. This is Raven. I'm your host, and welcome to the show. Are you enjoying this series on prayer? We're going to finish up on this topic today, and then we're going to begin an exciting new topic, a series I am calling Victorious Living. It will explore subjects like the devil and spiritual warfare and facing temptation and much more. So spread the word and tune in starting next Tuesday night. I'd love to hear from you if you're listening to the show. Would you take time to drop me a line at raven at waytheraven.net or on Twitter? at sign P Radio 7 that's at P Radio 7 on Twitter it would take my day and make my day and really encourage me to hear from you if you didn't get a chance to hear these broadcasts just go to my website weatheraven.net and click the button for Pathfinder Radio you can listen there when I'm live and listen to recorded shows which you may have missed just go to my website and let that always be your portal to Pathfinder Radio and you will always have the latest version of the show and while you're there take time to explore my website I think you'll find it useful. There's a lot of interesting things on there, a lot of free things on there that will help you study the Bible and understand, you know, this thing called Christian living or just walking in the Spirit, I'd like to call it. Also, if you wish to interact with this live broadcast and view its links during the show, just join me on Twitter during while we're doing a live show. That's at P Radio 7 when we're live. So are you ready for this? Then let's take a deeper look at prayer. There is a verse in the Bible that, to me, is one of the saddest verses in the Bible, because it says, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for this land, and that I should not destroy it, but I found none. That's Ezekiel 22.30. And how I wonder if this is not so for today, because in this day and time, God wants to stay his wrath. He wishes that all people be saved, according to 2 Peter 3.9, but he listens for the prayers of his people. He listens and waits and calls us to intercession, to build a hedge of protection and prayer around our loved ones, even around our communities and nations. He hears our cry and he does not leave us alone to intercede, for he calls others to pray. 
who are sensitive to his call. His promises, he promises to raise up a standard against the enemy when he comes in like a flood, Isaiah fifty nine nineteen. Do you know what that raise up a standard means? It means he will rally the faithful together in your behalf to stand against the enemy. You're never alone. The priest was the intercessor of the Old Testament, and they were required to give up everything to serve as a priest, mediator, and intercessor for the people. But in Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 through 6, there's some important verses. It says, Christ has merged the office of the king and the priest and declares that all believers are kings and priests unto God and his Father. Do you know what that means? Well, a king dictates authority, and a priest intercedes. We have authority in the spiritual realm. You know, but a lot of people, they don't want to, they want the authority in the spiritual realm, but they don't want to take the time to intercede. Remember what we talked about being in the shadow of the Most High? If we're going to be in His shadow, we got to spend time in His shadow if we're going to be in the presence of the Almighty. It's written it, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. That's 1 John 4 4. It also says in Luke 10 19, Behold, I give to you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And then in James 4 7, it says, Submit yourselves to God and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Do you know what flee means in that particular translation? And if you look at the original Greek, it means the devil runs in terror away from you. He's afraid of the intercessor. But you cannot separate the two offices. The two offices are one. You can't dictate authority over the devil unless you're willing to pay the price of priesthood. You must be born again filled with his spirit. And like the priest of old, you must be willing to enter the Holy of Holies and tread the courts of God, to enter into his presence on behalf of others. So many want to dictate authority, but they're not willing to be the intercessor and cry out to God for the people. The priest also had to be pure. We cannot be living a lifestyle of sin and expect to have authority over the devil. I'm reminded of the seven sons of Sceva who saw Paul casting out devils in Jesus' name and decided they would try it out. So they went to a demon-possessed man and attempted to cast the demons out by saying, in the name of Jesus that Paul preached. And the demons replied through the man, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? And with the demon's strength, he jumped on the seven sons of Sceva and beat them and sent them running away naked. You can read that in Acts chapter 19, verses 13 through 16. There are no shortcuts, no magic formulas. It isn't in the words that you say. Rather, it's, it's if you have the goods to back up what you say. If it were just a matter of the right words, then those who are not Christians could also get the same results by saying the right words and claiming the right things. And, and unfortunately, there's a whole gospel, so-called false gospel, I would call it, that's, that's claiming this very thing. That would not be the gospel, though. That'd be sorcery. Sorcery believes by certain words and acts and incantations that what you wish will come to you. But the word of God says it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. That's Zechariah 4 and 6. Every promise of the word of God, every promise is dependent on a right heart toward him. Study it for yourself. For example, it's like the verse we just read earlier. Uh, the So many people try to mistranslate and say, resist the devil and he will flee from you. But that's not in scriptural context, is it? The scripture says, submit yourself to God. Then when you resist the devil, he will flee from you. That's James 4, 7. Do you see what I mean? When we are in his presence presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, our lips are his, our emotions are his, our desires are his. We are submitted to him. It's then that demons tremble. It's then that they must set our loved ones free. 
That's so very important. It's like people carrying around the Bible and calling it, this is my sword of the Spirit. You know, but the devil's not afraid of, you, of the biggest Bible. You can get the biggest family Bible you want carried around. The devil's not afraid of it. But if you get it in your heart and you believe it and it transforms you and it changes you, and then when you say those words as they come out of your mouth, then this becomes the sword of the Spirit. So even that Bible is a, a storehouse for the swords. But you got to dig in there for yourself. You have to read the Bible. You have to study the Bible for yourself. And you have to pray for yourself. It's not just about going to church. All those things are good, and it puts you on the right path, and we need to have those, those as many as we can surrounding us and helping us along the way and sticking together. But we, it, when it comes right down to it and the rubber meets the road, we've got to read it for ourselves. We've got to pray the prayers for ourselves. I'm going to stop right here, and we're going to listen to the song, and uh, it's called Pray, and it's by Sanctus Real.
Are you looking for an exciting fantasy fiction adventure that is both family-friendly, action-packed, and inspiring? If so, then the Raven Quest series by Benjamin Raven Presley is for you. Terrazim is a world of many creatures, but it has a shadow of evil reign upon it by Shinar and his death furies. Skies and Raven are simple folk living off the land, content with their simple existence until one day they find a sword in a cave that empowers them and changes everything. They travel with wolves and even a bobcat as companions and become a force to be reckoned with and become the heroes of Terrazim. Travel with them on their adventures as you read Raven Quest. Raven Quest is up to four exciting volumes, starting with Volume 1, Here Be Dragons. Volume 2, The Scroll and the Key. Volume 3, A Ripple in the Ether. And now Volume 4, This Ever-Present Moment. For detailed information, visit the RavenQuest fan site at ravenquestfan.blogspot.com and order your copies today at wayoftheraven.net. That's wayoftheraven.net. All right, we're back, and uh, let's look a little more in-depth at this thing called presenting your body as a living sacrifice. Where does that come from? That's in Romans 12, verses 1 through 3, and it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given to me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man in the measure of faith. Now, if you really study these verses, in these three verses, it not only tells you what to do, but it tells you how to accomplish it. Because, we, you know, there, if we, we could say all day long, I present my body a living sacrifice, you know, and that, a lot of people think that just means, you know, doing church work and stuff like that, and, you know, and not having any kind of life of your, of your own, so to speak, you know, and, uh, and like that, and neglecting your family, even in a lot of cases. That's not what it's saying. It's saying if you want to present your body a living sacrifice, here's how you do it. First of all, don't be conformed to this world. In other words, don't be conformed to the standard and what this and what this unsaved, unredeemed world, those that are not saved, and what they're teaching and preaching through the news and the media and the Hollywood, you know, and the movies and stuff like that. Don't don't think about what the world says is right. Think about first of all what the word of God says is right. By doing that, he says, you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And if you renew your mind, you're you're putting things into it that to help renew it you're putting things like the word of god into it you're putting things into it the, the right kind of thinking we're going to be talking some in the new series coming up about that too and it says then you'll prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god so in other words if you're not sure then you seek him you ask him what is your perfect will for me god and then he says and then he goes on to say among he says don't even think of yourself more highly than you ought to think but think soberly According as God hath dealt to every man measure of faith, you know when you when you know what sober is. I mean, sober is opposite of drunk, but you can get drunk on things besides alcohol. He's saying you got to think soberly. You can't get drunk on the thoughts of this world. You can't. You know, words the way the world says and the way it says that just anything goes. You can get drunk on those thoughts. You can get drunk on thoughts of power. You can get thoughts drunk on thoughts of controlling someone. You know, there's so many different ways that you can let your mind run wild and run into this arena. You know, uh, and you can literally get drunk on it. You know, so to speak. But he's saying here we're his. We're bought with a price. We are not our own. According to 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, 
So don't be conformed to the world. We're to stand out in this world. As Christians, we should desire purity more than power, and he will supply the power. It is by his power that signs shall follow those who believe. Mark sixteen seventeen through 18 describes these signs. We don't have to worry about the power being there if we're submitted to God. Let me ask you this. Does the enemy fear you? He should, and whether you feel like he does or not, he does fear you if you are God's child. God showed me one time that when a believer enters a room that every demon spirit in that room cringes, stops what they're doing, and they wait to see what we're going to do. And sadly, most of the time, they breathe a sigh of relief when we do nothing. It was Edmund Burke who said, all that's necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. That is so true. When I remember, I'm old enough to remember back uh, when they took prayer out of school. I think a lot of Christians thought this one woman, Madeline Murray O'Hare, that she was in Congress and all this stuff, you know, trying to get prayer took out of school, and they thought she wouldn't be able to do it, and they did nothing. But look what happened. Through her effort, prayer was took out of school. You know, things are happening right under our noses, and we have got we can't take it for granted. We're the ones that stands in the gap. You know, we want God to heal our, our land, but yet remember what it says in this word. It says, if my people that are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and repent of their sins, then will I hear from heaven, and then will I hear their, heal their land. So he puts a lot of responsibility on us as Christians and intercessors. He says we're the ones that's going to start with us, the people that are called by his name. That's us, the born-again Christian. We've got to intercede, and we've got to pray. We've got to stand in the gap. And if we don't, then things are going to happen. It's as good as doing nothing. We're kings and priests unto God. When we enter a room, we should bind and cast out every devil in that room. I've seen people get up and leave the room before. Even when under my breath, I would say, I bind you, devil, and I cast you out in Jesus' name. In Mark chapter 16, verses 17 through 18, it says, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. My word, we're operating so far below what we should be. Signs are supposed to follow us. In other words, when we leave the room, we're supposed to have made a difference. We're supposed to have left a difference behind. We're not supposed to just live everyday life like, like most people. We're supposed, to, we're supposed to walk around like we're deliverers. When we walk into that break room at work, when we walk into that, that classroom to teach those students, we need to disbind the demon spirits. We need to come against them in Jesus' name. And when we do that, and we, we are making a difference. Our words will be different. Our life will be different. If we start being conscious of that, God will start leading us to someone who needs prayer, someone that he's already prepared their heart, and he wants us to be a witness to them, someone that's sick, and, and that's their moment to be healed, and God will direct you to that person to pray for them and how to pray for them some people you know are even demon possessed that means they're like controlled beyond seemingly beyond their ability to be able to control it and and we can pray and cast those demons out don't be afraid to fade to pray for someone that was that's sick right there in front of everybody just you know just just do it we got to learn to live out loud we got to learn that we're making a difference. We may be the only one that's standing in the gap for that person, the only difference between them being saved or lost. I remember one time when I worked in a, 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 a mill that was a textile engraving mill, and I remember I used to pass by this one guy. Uh, his name was White, he, uh, and he was. And every day I'd pass by his station, his workstation, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, you need to speak to him. You know, and I did that two or three days, you know, and I, and I kind of said, Lord, are you sure? Because, I mean, the guy was big, and he's tough, and all this stuff, you know, and I didn't really know him that well. 
you know, but then one day, you know, I did, I, I took, I, I called him in the break room and I, and I spoke to him, you know, and witnessed to him about the Lord. And you know what? The very next day, the next day, he didn't come into work. And you know what I heard? He said that he had been, he had been unfaithful to his wife and his wife had got tired of it. And she was waiting on the front porch and she killed him with a shotgun. Now, you know, I don't know that he ever accepted Christ, you know, after I had witnessed to him. But think about how I would have felt, though, if, if I heard that and I did not ever tell him anything about Christ. You know, then I would, I would re- I, whether I knew it or not, I would feel like, you know, I, I would be responsible for him waking up in hell. We've got to listen to the Holy Spirit. I mean, those times, there's times, you know, going down the road even, you know, that, that I feel like, you know, we need to, that just need to stop. There's times I wake up in, in the middle of the night with someone on my mind or dream about someone. Don't take those times for granted because you should pray for them. That might be God's way of pushing you to pray for them. They might be in trouble. I remember one time a friend of mine when I worked at, at Duke Energy and, uh, and he wasn't a Christian and he just bought this new car. And, uh, and it was, and, and I, I was woke up in the middle of the night, you know, and I just had him on my mind. His name was Carlton and I started praying for him and I didn't know why, why I should be praying for him. And I just prayed in the spirit. The next day I told him, I said, man, I said, I had you on my mind last night. I said, I was praying for you. And he got white as a sheet and his, he got, and he said, what time was you praying for me? I told him it was about three in the morning and I felt I woke up and was praying for him. And he said, man, he said, I had my, I had my car out and I was driving it out late and I flipped in over in through these woods and I don't know how in the world I got out of that car alive. So I know how he got out of the car alive. God wanted me to intercede and pray. Now I don't know, you know, why God wants to use us that way. I mean he could do it himself without us even asking, but he uses us to pray and we've got to realize we are an intricate part. It's like it like the verse I described when we first started. You know, there's a hedge this building we're part of that hedge we're part of the protection against the what the enemy destroying this person or that person so in other words when we leave the room we're supposed to make a difference don't be afraid to pray for someone do the people around you even know you're a christian i hope so abraham stood in the gap and delivered lot and his family from the destruction of sodom and gomorrah in genesis 18 and verse 18 and chapter 19 also Stood in the gap. Remember that story? Go look it up. Moses stood in the gap for the children of Israel, and he told God, blot his name out of the book of life if he didn't forgive Israel, and kept them from being utterly wiped off the face of the earth. That's Exodus 32, verses 30 through 34. Moses could have just as well said, well, God, I agree with you. They're evil people, and go ahead. You know, and, and but, but he interceded. He prayed for his people. You know, there was even a, a Daniel, when he prayed uh, three times, looking toward Looking toward heaven and looking toward Jerusalem, he said that it says that he prayed like as if it was his own sins. He said, "Father, forgive us of our sins." Praying for his for the people, you know, the the Hebrews, and he wasn't one sinning, but he prayed like he was. Remember what we was talking about last week in the study on prayer, how we can intercede and pray vicariously for someone. Do you want to enter this depth of prayer? I mean, are you willing to be still before him and hear his voice and allow him to pray in you? Read Romans 8.36. Allow him to pour into your innermost being his overflowing life of intercession. In his presence, face to face, real union and communion with God. As we are in his presence and the more time we spend time in his presence, we will desire his heart more and more. But beware when you ask for his heart. Because we enter then into his sufferings, the fellowship of his sufferings, as we realize his heart is a broken heart, broken over a lost and dying and unrepentant world. Then we begin to groan and travail with the great burden that we now feel for those that are lost and undone. 
were broken in our prayers, just as hard, fallow ground must be broken before it can receive good seeds and be a place that can be nurtured and grow and multiply. Most of us have never experienced this brokenness and word and revelation of God has never taken deep root in our hearts. But even if it has at one time, I think some of our roots have hit a hard place because we've not continued to allow them to break us. How important is the root? Proverbs 12, 12 says the root of the righteous yieldeth fruit. Our fathers looked well unto the root of the tree and were willing to wait with patience for the root to appear. A tree can weather almost any storm if its root is sound. A man shall not be established by wickedness, quick fix, success methods, whatever works, religious pragmatism, you name it. But the root of the righteous shall not be moved. That's Proverbs 12.3. After you've asked for his heart, his love for sinners, his righteousness, don't look back at your own heart so hard and so cold and dead. Luke 9.62 says, don't look back. There's no turning back. He wants to take you farther than you could ever dream. He began the work and he's willing to finish it. It says he's the author and finisher of our faith. He's the, he's the one that, that, that will finish it he, in us. And read Hebrews 12, 2 and Philippians 1, 6. He's a, he will, that which he begun, he's able to complete in us. Don't be afraid. When you enter that closet of prayer, you may enter as Clark Kent, but you come out as Superman because you're in the spirit when you pray. Don't ever turn back to those fleshly means again. Galatians 3, 1 through 3, Paul warned people this, said, said don't turn back to those fleshly means again. They didn't work before, and they're not going to work again. So it's so important when you enter that closet of prayer it's, and, and turn into Superman in there. Just pray in the Spirit. Let the Spirit of God so come into you, overcome you, and pray through you that your prayers become powerful. And don't doubt. I don't care who you are. You know, no matter if you're just, you know, you're some some older person that you feel weak and feeble or maybe you're a person you know well god delivered you from a lot of sin and you feel like you just live too sinful of a life if you're born again you know ask him to fill you with his spirit and then when you go into that 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 time of prayer then just believe that your prayers are being heard because it's written in the word of god that that he hears our prayers and he does answer you know we talked about what an answer to prayer means it ain't always what we think it is you know but he will answer but we've got to get out of this mode of thinking, you know, that, that our prayers don't work or, or, that, or that we've got to beg and plead before God and, and hope for the best. And, you know, he's listening to you when you pray. There was a, there's an old sister in, a, in one church that I went to, and uh, she wasn't one that she didn't like sing and she didn't preach and she didn't teach. And she was pretty much, you know, just stayed to herself. But I know many times that, that I was in church, I'd look over at her. And she was just praying a quiet prayer. And you know what? Whenever I got sick or something like that, she was the one I went to and asked her to pray for me because I knew that she was a prayer warrior. She was an intercessor. It doesn't take somebody loud and boisterous and it doesn't take anybody eloquent. You just got to get before God. And you got to let those tears become a language to God. You got to let all the words that come out of your mouth be empowered by God and let him make the difference because it's up to him. You're just releasing it. You're just coming in agreement with him. And then things start happening in your world and in the world of the people that you are praying for. I'm going to take a break right here. And here's a really good song by the Crab family that's right along these lines. And it's called A Soldier on His Knees. What an honor to be called 
soldier of the cross An army that has never turned back And never suffered loss Our weapons are not carnal Our strongholds you can't see This army becomes mighty By time spent on our knees I'm not ashamed for you to see This soldier on his knees You might even see a tear Or hear a humble plea Some may call it weakness And some may question my strength But you must see this power's not of me I prepare for battle on my knees I've watched mothers pray for children So lost and full of sin And I have seen those same prayers answered As the Spirit brought them in And I have watched old Satan like a dark cloud hanging o'er. But when I pled the blood of Jesus, the clouds were there no more. I'm not ashamed for you to see this soldier on his knees. You might even see a tear or hear a humble. Some may call it weakness And some may question my strength But you must see This power's not of me I prepare for battle on my knees I prepare for battle on my knees I prepare for battle on my knees Man, have you ever thought about it that way? When you're prayer, you're like in warfare. There's a movie coming out, and, and that'll be coming out soon. I think it's coming out in August of 2015, and I'm, I'm I really want to support that movie. It's called a, called War Room. I've seen some of the trailers on it. Look it up on YouTube and look at the trailers on it. But it it's got about a little old lady, you know, and she's and she calls her prayer room her war room. You know, we've got to learn to do spiritual warfare. We've got to realize that when we're praying, demonic spirits are trembling. They are, they are absolutely, you know, afraid of, of what's going to be accomplished and that, that, that things are going to come to their demise. And we've got to pray that way. You know, we've got to learn to pray in his spirit. He's going to, he needs to help us pray. We don't always have the right words. It ain't up to us to get all the right words. We just got to get before him and spend time in his presence and, and let him pray through us. And 
So, you know, getting back to this topic, when you pray, that's, that's what you got to do like we've been talking about. Let him pray. Don't claim anything except that he makes intercession when you pray. Did you get that? That's pretty radical stuff. Don't claim anything except that he makes intercession when you pray. John High knew the meaning of prayer. He didn't talk much about prayer. He prayed. He didn't talk about being sanctified. He lived the sanctified life. His life preached. He knew what it meant to partake of Christ's suffering. It is said when he died, his heart was actually shifted from its natural position on its left side to a place over on the right side from the many sleepless nights of praying in the Spirit, travailing deeply for those lost in sin. I recommend anyone who's truly interested in the true meaning of prayer to read his story. The name of the book is called Praying Hide, H-Y-D-E. He had this to say, When we keep near to Jesus, it is he who draws souls unto himself through us. But he must be lifted up in our lives. That that is, we must be crucified with him. It's self in some shape that comes between us and him. So self must be dealt with as he was dealt with. Self must be crucified. Then indeed Christ is lifted up in our lives. He cannot fail to attract souls to himself. All this is the result of a close union and communion. That is fellowship with him in his sufferings. Self must not only be dead but buried out of sight. For the stench of the unburied self lies will frighten souls away from Jesus. And that's unquote right there. Isn't that true? I mean, there's even a verse in the Bible that says, if Jesus said to himself, he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. You know, and he's talking about the cross, I know, in a literal fashion. But still, even in our lives and in this day and time, we lift up Jesus as hope, as, as salvation. And he will use that and take that and draw people to him. So you want to see your loved ones saved? No, really, do you? Do you want revival in the land, in your church, in your community, even family? Do you really care? You know, I, you know. if you do, let's, here's a quote by Charles G. Finney. He had this to say about revival. And I quote, A revival is no more a miracle than a crop of wheat. And any community revival can be secured from heaven when heroic souls enter the conflict determined to win or die, or if need be, to win and die. And then he quotes Matthew eleven twelve. The kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. And that's unquote. We must secure the kingdom of heaven for lost souls by force. That doesn't mean blowing up clinics. That doesn't mean, you know, doing things hateful. It means we get on our knees before God in prayer. That's where we fight our battles. That's where we take on the devil. That's where we take on the issues of our land, the force of our prayer. we got to be violent against Satan. We need to get angry. It's okay to be angry in the right place. You know, it doesn't mean to be hateful and, and to hurt people with your anger. But we got to get angry about what's going on and angry enough to, to scream out at the devil and, and, and to tell him to back off and to, and to take his hands off our children. we got to be violent against Satan. Take those that are ours from his hand by securing God's power by our prayers. True prayer, prayer and true intercession, true two-way communion with God can be achieved if we dare to join ourselves to him with an open and an honest and obedient heart. We've got to look to him in prayer. Look to him for truth. Look to him, period. we just got to look to him. I hope that, it, that you're understanding what I'm saying. 
I'm going to pray right now for you. Father God, I just come to you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, Lord, and everybody listening to this recording, Lord God, that you would just, that you would speak into their hearts, draw them to their knees in prayer, make them realize that, that, that in you, Lord God, and when we're praying in the spirit, that it's you praying through us and, and that you're, and that prayer accomplishes great things and not to underestimate the power of prayer. And God, I'm just asking you, Lord, to just call some intercessors, call some Christians out that, that think they can't do nothing for you. And show them, Lord, the power of prayer. Show them, Lord, that they can intercede no matter how old they are or, or how lame that they are in, in their bodies or in their minds or in, in wherever wherever they feel weak at. God, strengthen those areas of their life and make them able to pray. And I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God. I pray, Lord, and I, just, I, I pray your heads of protection. I pray the intercessors will respond when you look for those to fill in the gap in the hedge. I pray, Lord God, for those that are praying for their families, for their lost loved ones that you stir up the word of God that's already in them. And Lord, that you bring them to that place and call them, Lord God, to, to you, Lord, in some way, Lord, and as you protect them, God, I put your, pray your hedge of protection around our children, Lord God, Lord, but not a hedge of protection that, that just makes anything they do without consequences, but, but enough of a hedge of protection around them that it doesn't destroy them and doesn't kill them before they've had a chance to answer the, the call that you're putting on their life. In the name of Jesus, I pray these things. Mm. Is that your prayer? I want you to take it from here. I want you, because this concludes our study on a deeper look at prayer. You know, but and, and I hope you'll go back and listen to these broadcasts again and share them with your friends. Share them in your Bible studies. I mean, you can, you're welcome to use any of this material free of charge. You're able to download it by going to my website, and you'll see that it, that it links to talkshoe.com, and, and that you can download there. Next week, we're going to begin a new series on victorious living. And this ain't going to be no name it, claim it, hype. This is going to be what to do when temptation and the devil comes knocking, what to do. What we need to do to feed and build up our spirit and getting our mind right and so much more. So you don't want to miss next week's broadcast. Please, please don't miss a single episode. I think it will really help everyone a lot. So be sure and spread the word and tune in every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're spiritually speaking. And don't forget about our new show, Meditations, on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I guess I should quit calling it a new show. It's been around for several broadcasts now. But uh, but be sure and listen to these shows. It'll, they'll really help you. And pass them on to friends. Um, you know, Spiritually Speaking is about an hour-long program. And then uh, Meditations is usually about 20 minutes long. And it focuses, you know, on specific scriptures on a specific subject. If you got any prayer requests, make them known by email or by Twitter. My team and I is going to be praying sincerely for each and every request. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. If you send me a prayer request, I'm going to pray before God like it's my own request. I'm going to take it and I'm going to pray about it, and I'm going to get other people I know to, on my team and that, and that other people that are on prayer chains to pray. Also available free of charge is a printed lesson from every show at PathfinderRadio.blogspot.com. Uh, every all the thoughts that were known that were put here and. You'll, you'll see that, though, so you can study farther and you can look up those scriptures. If you forget all these resources, just visit my main website, wayoftheraven.net. That's wayoftheraven.net. You're going to find links there to all my blogs and books and many other useful items to assist you in your spiritual journey. There's one book that I really recommend uh, particularly. It's about uh, 400 pages of this Bible studies I've taught through the years. And probably you'll see even a lot of uh, the, some of the, the things that I've said even on this show in there. And it's called, uh, Are We Making This Too Hard? And it's nineteen ninety five plus shipping online, but I've got it marked down to ten dollars. If you want to go to my website and click on that link there, 
you know it's it's the radio show special there it's been a great show and be sure and spread the word and listen to spiritually speaking every tuesday night at 7 p.m eastern standard time i'm gonna play a couple more songs and bid you farewell to next time and i'm gonna be online for a little while longer in case anyone has a question or a comment on twitter and if you wish you can also submit your questions at my email address raven at wayoftheraven.net well, citizen, I'm feeling pretty super. How about you? I'm ready to fly into the face of the enemy and spend time interceding. Are you? This is Raven. God bless. Up, up, and away! Know you are me.
Hi, I'm Benjamin Raven Presley. It can be a confusing world out there with many spiritual paths that just lead to confusion and destruction. It's my desire to help you on your spiritual path and make sense of it all. That's why I've written two books I think you will enjoy and find very useful as you seek to understand the Bible and what it means to walk in the Spirit. The first one is Things I Wish Someone Would Have Told Me When I Became a Christian. That's a long title, I know, but it isn't just a catchy title. That's what this book is literally about. I've been a believer since 1975, and this book is about things I had to learn the hard way, the basic things you need to understand as a believer in Christ. What really matters? It's an easy read, and it's available as a Kindle download for only $2 or a paperback for $7.95. The sister book that gets much more in-depth on many subjects is Are We Making This Too Hard? This is a 400-page book that is full of lessons I've taught through the years. It explains subjects like relationships, grace, intelligent design versus evolution, why the Bible is true, and so much more. Both of these books are available on my website at wayoftheraven.net. My goal in life is to make the Bible and walking with God understandable and relevant, and I know you will benefit from these two books.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.